Hey there, welcome to the Sunday edition of CNN Five Things. I'm David Ryan. Do me a favor and take a look at your phone up near the top where it shows how many bars of service you're getting. You may see a number and a letter. For years, that was 3G or 4G, but now more and more of us are starting to see 5G appear up there. In theory, that increased bandwidth is great for us and our social media scrolling, but some in the aviation industry say 5G, at least as it pertains to our nation's airports, has the possibility to be disruptive or even dangerous. This really came to a head over the past week, so let's spend five minutes with CNN's aviation correspondent Pete Montine to get caught up. Pete, can we first take a step back, because I, I think this could be confusing for some people. What the heck is 5G? <laughs> 5G is essentially faster cell service. It is something that the telecom industry has been working on for a long time. America's most reliable network is going ultra with Verizon 5G ultra wideband now in many more cities so you can do more. And the promise is that this could lead to better and bigger things for everybody. This could lead to self-driving cars. This is faster bandwidth when you're trying to download videos. You couldn't even send a text in a crowd before. Now look at David with the connection, posting like crazy. It's wild. As you mentioned, the, <laughs> the better constant doom scroll that we're all in on social media. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's something that the telecom industry wants. And you mentioned the aviation industry. They say they don't really want to get in the way of that per se. But now we've got this new wrinkle. Right. What is this snag that the airlines have been running into here? Well, the issue is really about the 5G radio spectrum. What these towers operate on, that part of the radio spectrum, is so close to what the radio spectrum operates on for really critical instruments in commercial planes and cargo planes and helicopters. Um, it's called a radar altimeter. And that's a piece of equipment that beams a, a radio wave to the ground, and then it gets bounced back up to an airplane or helicopter, gives it a hyper-accurate reading of how high it is above the ground. Hmm. This gives pilots, especially of commercial airliners, the ability to land in really low flight visibility. They can't see forward very much. They can't really see the runway. And the fear is that this could interfere with that. Hmm. And if they can't use these pieces of equipment, which also operate a bunch of other systems on the airplane, mind you, then they could have to go around, try the landing again. They might not be able to try a, a landing in bad visibility that could delay your flight on the front end or even cancel it. So there's this sort of cascading issue here. It's kind of technical, but that's the, the, the crux of it. It's an invisible problem, and I guess this is the way to visualize it. Is that sort of the idea here? That's right. So, new frequency so I got a really cool opportunity uh, back in December to go to Emory-Riddle Aeronautical University in Daytona Beach, Florida, sort of the ultimate research facility when it comes to aviation. If we're to think about it as a highway, huge highway, where you have lanes. So those lanes are frequency bands. And there I met with Dr. Eduardo Rojas, who is a researcher when it comes to radio spectrums and avionics, which is another term for electronics that are in airplanes. Again, you may have wanted signals from one band go to the other, which in this case, uh, you may have a faulty reading in the radio altimeter, or you may just uh, have the radio altimeter stop working, which are both unwanted situations. So because of the migration of the frequency, a radio altimeter, no display or the wrong display. You see the wrong thing. That's right. So yeah, you should be able to follow the flight director. Okay. Uh, this the speed, the speed bug yeah, right there is one fifty or one forty five. And then we went from there to a flight simulator. We went into a 
a big uh, commercial grade flight simulator for a Canadair regional jet. And we got to see what happens when a radar altimeter fails. 590, but no call outs. It's really confusing. Minimums. That's coming from the 500. It throws up all these different uh, discrepancies and some of the audio warnings that pilots get as they're coming into land in low visibility. 100. 50. 40. They're very mismatched numbers. You can't exactly tell what your altitude is. 500 call out was actually, we were not at 500. Right. And you need that to know exactly how high you are above the ground or else you're just kind of eyeballing it. Right. So it's kind of like you're flying blind because of low visibility. And then if your instruments are telling you something else, that just makes it even worse. Yeah. And we've seen accidents and incidents before when there have been discrepancies in in instruments that pilots sort of can't figure out, for lack of a better term, which way is up. Mm. And so while the telecom industry says there's been no accidents or incidents, nothing even close to that because of 5G, I think as a pilot, one can see how this can sort of cascade into a problem. And the airlines say it's their number one safety issue, and we got to see that firsthand. Wow. I mean, I'm not a pilot. That's your thing. But that does sound like an issue. But Pete, haven't we known that the telecoms would be flipping on this 5G switch for like years? Yeah. How did we get to this point where some flights are actually being canceled over this? I've been reporting on this essentially for months. And so if you go back to, um, let's say, around Thanksgiving time, this really bubbled up as an issue. It became clear that uh, 5G cell service was going to be turned on essentially just before Christmas. 5G is now the biggest issue facing the airline, which is remarkable to say in a world where we're still in COVID. And there wasn't enough communication, the airlines say, with the telecom lobby and with AT&T and Verizon, who were the big leaders in 5G. They really wanted to know where these towers would be. Unless something changes, we will not be able to use radio altimeters at 40-something of the largest airports in the country. It is a certainty. Because they were worried that if the towers were too close to airports, that this could cause this interference. And so what happened is at the 11th hour on this first deadline, that got pushed off. There was an agreement between uh, the FAA and the telecom industry and the airlines to delay this by a couple weeks. We get to our breaking news. AT&T is now delaying some of its 5G rollout, which was supposed to happen in full tomorrow. Now we're in this position where AT&T and Verizon have said they will not turn on these transmitters near certain airports where it could be a problem. But the airlines say, we don't know what the certain airports are. They want more information. And I just received last night from American Airlines, from my aircraft, the 737, 25 pages about the potential effects of 5G interference to my aircraft. That's if I go into a 5G airport. There's all this finger pointing. And essentially the point here is the telecom industry says there is no problem that this has been turned on in 40 other countries. There hasn't right, that's, been an That's issue. what I wanted to ask. We've seen it in all these other countries. We don't see planes dropping out of the sky in France. So, right. so why did it get to this point? Well, it's a good point. And so what happened in France was they created this buffer zone, right? And so they have these towers near airports, but they're either 
turned off or lower power, that there is no possibility for 5G disruption. Now, in the United States, there's a big difference. We have a lot more airports here than they do in Europe. Also, they say, well, the FAA had two years to figure this out. Right. Why did it become this 11th hour issue? This is one of the most delinquent, utterly irresponsible issue subjects, call it what you like, I've seen in my aviation career. I don't know. I'm not an engineer. I don't know the solutions, but the FAA needs to have a list. They need to work through it methodically. They need to give the industry some certainty. I think sometimes what we're seeing, and this is a very sort of Washington thing, right? Like things don't become a problem until it's a crisis. And so now we're sort of at this crisis phase and airlines are canceling some flights and international carriers are saying we don't want to come to the U.S. because we're concerned. So we sort of have to see how this plays out. This is this is not over yet. And we should mention AT&T owns WarnerMedia, which is the parent company of CNN. Pete Muntean, thanks for keeping it all straight for us. Happy to be here. Thanks. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Here's something else to keep an eye on this week. We could see opening statements this week in the federal trial of three former Minneapolis police officers charged with violating George Floyd's civil rights during his deadly arrest. To Tao, J. Alexander Kung, and Thomas Lane have pleaded not guilty. Derek Chauvin has pleaded guilty in the federal civil rights case. He was also convicted last April of two counts of murder and one count of manslaughter. The Sunday edition of CNN Five Things is produced by Paolo Ortiz and me, David Rind. Our production manager is Matt Dempsey. Our senior producer is Mohammed Darwish. Our supervising producer is Greg Peppers. And the executive producer of CNN Audio is Megan Marcus. All right, thanks for hanging with us. Remember, the rest of our Five Things team will keep you up to date all week long. So just follow us wherever you listen. Have a good week. I'll talk to you later. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com briefing. netsuite.com briefing.